Hello, everybody. We're presented by Blue Wire. We are sponsored by American Fireworks uh, in Hudson. Always open at AmericanFireworks.com. This is the A to Z podcast. I'm Brody Jackson's brother. He is Taco Fall's new best friend, and we are here to talk some sports. How are you, buddy? This jackass has been waiting all week to say that, man. Well, because I've been waiting on you my whole life, so I got all sorts of time to do sing that. You've been waiting on you my whole life. Looking at bad practices in Berea. I don't even know what day it is. I don't know where I'm at. I don't I'm know sure what's going don't. on. Though. I'm sure you don't. I, I don't. I really don't. I'm being honest. <laughs> <laughs> I heard it's Friday. I heard high school basketball starts soon. I'm taking it because I think I'm going to go to a game tomorrow. I'm fighting with my kids about what game I'm going to go to or not go to. Um, where is the better half of the Jacksons? What, what, is, the, what, what, what is that skinny Jackson doing, not the Mr. AD? <laughs> when do they play? Um, their first game is next Wednesday, the night before Thanksgiving. Oh, that's a good way to get things started. That used yeah. to be Brody's best day of the whole year for about 15 years running, and now he's going to get his ass kicked to the basketball game, and welcome to the real world. And their but... second game is the night of Ohio State-Michigan, so you can tell that's that's how you know he's a first-year AD because now that he's in charge, that shit would never happen again. <laughs> who put that schedule together? <laughs> Time out. <laughs> oh, thank you for waking me up with that laugh. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's just the facts. True story. True story. No names. Um, This is not about my brother. This is about another friend of mine who was a longtime high school coach and administrator and all of that. And he got out. He did his time, and and he was ready to to move on. And then the school came to him, or a school came to him and basically said, we – you know, we want you. And, and this isn't the NFL or the NBA or like Mel Tucker and shout out to Mel because we love hey, him. Yeah, I want to talk about Mel. Yeah, go ahead. Right. I mean, but like there's not many better humans than Mel Tucker, right? But no doubt. Th- this is not in that realm where you just keep upping up by the millions. Like when you negotiate, um, you know, you you have to <laughs> do it in real world terms, not not in those terms, I guess is what right. I'm trying to say. So right. anyway, the, the school administration comes to him and he's going to get back in coaching girls and and girls high school basketball always starts here in Ohio a week before the boys. That's just how they structure it. Right. And so he had three things that he to sign off on the deal. And two of them involved the summer and the timing of it. And when, because he had family stuff going on. And the third one was they had to cancel the game. That was the Saturday after Thanksgiving because he was not going to miss Ohio state Michigan. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. All right, makes sense to me. Makes I mean, nobody sense. wants to miss that game except Jim Harbaugh. Oh, yeah. I no, mean, listen, this is a decent Michigan team, and I think it will be. They are, but you know what? That hasn't mattered, though. And no, you're right. Thing. It hasn't mattered how good or bad they are. It doesn't matter on that day. And the, the funny thing is, and I make fun of a couple, and I mock a couple guys I know that are Michigan friends, that, and, I keep, and I always say, most of you guys haven't been alive to see Michigan beat Ohio State or alive enough to understand, you know, to see when it happened. And there was a time, and it's funny because I just saw a video the other day of Tom Brady at Michigan and, and throwing to Aaron Shea, and they showed Coach Lloyd. And I remember we used to make a lot of fun, but there was a time Coach Lloyd didn't lose to Ohio State. Like, what, no matter how good the Buckeyes were, no matter how what the record, it, it, you know, Milwaukee, or Milwaukee, Michigan could come in at 7-4, and four and they would beat Ohio State, even though Ohio State would be. And it's almost like that era is gone. And, Zach, that's what we grew up on. We grew up on a, a period of time where Trestle, well, John Cooper could not beat 
the Wolverines. And that just, that seems like decades and decades. And it was was. decades (laughs) ago. (laughs) It was. And it finally, you know, basically got him run uh, out of that job. But I mean, you know, obviously people remember the magic of 2002 and Mm -hmm. um, Ohio state winning it, but Jim Trestle to me, is more of a hero because he came in and the first thing he said is we're going to beat Michigan. And then he yes, did sir. beat Michigan. Right. right? Um, you know, I, when I was covering college full-time or close, I, I was fascinated. Um, you know, Michigan would say at the time, what makes our program unique is we have three rivals. We have our in-state rivalry, what they would call national they would call Notre Dame the national rivalry, even though the, the schools are like two and a half hours apart. Right. right. And then they would say the, the rivalry and um, you know, through all the change that college football has gone on. I mean, Pitt and West Virginia don't play Texas and Texas A&M don't play. It's asinine, big money, politics and idiots have gotten in the way, but Ohio state, Michigan is almost always at noon. It's always the last game of the year. Right. And it always has meant something. Now, even through this, there's been a couple close calls, uh, but, but we've talked about it. Like sometimes things you just happen that you just don't recover from. And Michigan was favored, and Ohio State put 68 on them. And yeah. you know, maybe I'll be wrong in this, but I don't think Harbaugh will ever recover from that. Well, you're probably right. But it is a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately type world. And if you're – I mean, is there, I mean, for Harbaugh to get any kind of skin in the game, he's going to have to win multiple and maybe have to embarrass Ohio State. And I don't think either one of us see that happening. And that would be getting ahead of ourselves because, to be completely honest, the matchup that, you know, and, and, and don't get me wrong when I say this, Michigan State has ruined more Ohio State seasons in the last 20 years than Michigan has. And I'm not saying it's a bigger rivalry or anything else because there's obviously not. And there's history that goes into what makes Michigan versus Ohio State so big. But we've already brought in the factor of Mel Tucker, who's coached, grew up in Ohio. Uh, typical Michigan guy. Michigan needs an Ohio guy to win. That's typical. Um, but coached at Ohio State, played at Wisconsin, um, he is the he is the he is a great Big Ten story, right? If the Big Ten's doing one of those TV shows, and I don't watch the Big Ten Network at all, like I used to, um, there's got to be some easy writing this week to talk about Mel Tucker and what he means to the Big Ten, right? Because uh, he is what the Big Ten wants to sell to America of what you can become and what you can what you are, and why it's one of the best conferences in America. Uh, when you consider he's you know he's Northeast Ohio, he's a you know Cleveland kid, goes to Wisconsin, coaches at Ohio State, now at Michigan State. And really, is who is the Ohio State Buckeyes' biggest foe? You know, we talked about James Franklin all year long and, and what Penn State is or is not uh, anymore and, and how important that job was and, and still is, but a little bit differently. The Michigan thing, I think most of like, like if you're, I'm trying to think, if you're 25 or down, do you really even understand what Michigan and Ohio State is? It's like we talk no, about, you, probably, and, you know, unless you grew up with it, unless you had a parent who was an alum or a family right. member who was directly involved in the rivalry, you probably don't because right. you've, you've only seen it one way. <laughs> so I guess in saying all of that, um, but we've seen Michigan state ruin things. Was that what? Six years ago, six, seven years ago that we saw Michigan state ruin a great season for Ohio state. Yeah. That's the day uh, we were there, right? They, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, but we, we didn't go. The, we didn't quite make it into the ball game. <laughs> no, that was a day we were hung. That was we were hung over for four days after. Like that was like a because that was the night after my wife's event. 
Remember, it was my wife's event, and then we woke up, and then we kept going. <laughs> and we stopped at Popeye's in the morning on the way in Lodi. That's the best. Yeah, that's the best way to beat a hangover. <laughs> right. Just start back up. Did not go into that game. It was cold. That was cold, cold, cold. It was. So we thought the bar was warm. We were we were smarter than we looked back then. I no thought doubt. so anyway. No doubt. So you know, but I'm extremely excited for um, for. And let me ask you this. And I say this as a, I'm one of the happiest per- persons in the world for Mel Tucker. And I hope he gets this contract that's been rumored about all week long. I can't think of a better person uh, than, and I, and I mean this wholeheartedly. You know, you, we say, you hear us say stuff all the time. But Mel Tucker is one of the best human beings that you, we've ever dealt with in this, in this business. And, and then we've met a lot of good ones, and we've met some a-holes along the way. And, I'll, and I, remind me, I got a good Mel Tucker story before we get out of here. But... What does it say of the state of Michigan State and the state of college football that he hasn't even coached two full seasons there? And I remember when they were beating somebody earlier this year, Zach, somebody was tweeting me, where's your buddy going to go next? And I was like, well, why can't he just stay there? Why do we I, – I instantly have to go to well, where he's going to leave. But what does it say about big-time college football that he can't finish his second season and they know that if they don't give him nearly $100 million, they got no chance of keeping him? Well, LSU got him that money, right? And, right. and people right. say, well, obviously that number jumps off the page, and that's what the agent puts out, <laughs> no doubt. right? Um, and people say, well, what's he done? He's been there two years. Well, well, right, but like this is the market. It's a yeah. pretty good gig to have. Right. <laughs> it's why go, you, go, go Tigers. <laughs> it's why you hear all these big names. Um, I don't know who it's going to be. You know, I know who, who five of the six guys in the perceived Final Ten are at Akron, and it'll be next week. Um, a Just lot give of them it to Tim Terrell. He goes give it to Tim Terrell. He's recruited Acre better than anybody yeah. else over the last six years. Eddie, yeah, he he has he has. Um, <laughs> Eddie George is one of them. You know, Ooh. I think he's more he's he's a legit candidate. But there's some other names that will make you go wild. And Akron wants them, and they'll talk, but they want their names out there because they want the other jobs. Wait, and you said Eddie George could come to Akron. Eddie George is one of the three top choices for the Akron job. And that's awesome. He's at a black, he's at a black college right now. He's trying his best. And to Hugh Jackson's his offensive coordinator. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was. That was the next thing I was going to say. Yeah. Like, but I'm saying like the, these guys want their names out there because they only get raises. Right. True. <laughs> right. I mean, well, Deion, it was Deion Sanders has brought Jackson state out of nowhere and had a pretty decent season. And down in the Texas area, there's a concern. Not a concern. And well, they're, they're the Texas schools have kind of thought, Hey, let's get him back here. He lives here. He's from here. Uh, you know, you know, like I've heard schools like that. I, I, I guess these college football teams, it's almost like a rat race like the NFL now. They're trying to get big names to recruit and everything else, and they're willing to pay. And you got these people that are behind the scenes, these college teams that are willing to pay for a name. Um, and I love sports, so I don't want to sound the wrong way, but it's a little it's a little terrifying at the same time, to be completely honest. Well, it is. Um, but we, we talk about all the time the world we live in and the world that these guys live in, right? Right. Um, <laughs> And that, that is the new trend, you know, name recognition. But, Drew, like, it sounds absurd to say that the highest paid employee in a state is the football coach. But then when you look at how these programs generate money and the profile that they have and what they do for the university and the community, right, like, it's, you know. It's I, still – to hear it's, Mel, it's, it's crazy to hear Mel Tucker. Yeah. But yeah. fact is Nick Saban probably doesn't make enough money. I – I hate, but that's that digs to a dig, bigger issue. It does. I'm I'm not right from that. I hear but. what you, yeah, I hear what you're saying, but it's no way in the world, and it, that that should be our situation because 
our country is still fucked up. Like our country, like, 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 like this, like education is so bad in the South and the South. When you look at educational numbers and things of that, and I get it. And and I hate even going into this conversation because obviously I love sports and I got nothing against Nick Saban, but what Nick Saban is doing isn't more important than what they should be trying to do educationally. Now, now the question could be, and as I'm saying this and I'm speaking and I'm thinking as I'm talking, so I'll admit I may, I may walk back some of this, but and because I'm, 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 I've really never thought of this. Who should be the highest paid official in the state? Well, right. Because you know, I'm only asking that because I always say if you're if you're trying to fix a problem, you gotta you gotta have an answer to it. So I don't have an answer to it. So I tip my hat to these football coaches. I just feel like it's a little ass backwards. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's what's your visibility, right? Like, what what do you do? I mean, a lot more people see you on the TV than they see a lot of our elected officials. So. No doubt. And that's probably a good thing, <laughs> but, but no doubt. <laughs> I, and, and look, we, anybody that's come to the A to Z podcast to, uh, you know, we didn't, you didn't come here for us to break down who should get this, this question. Uh, and we love sports and there, and, and obviously it's more powerful. And obviously, you know, I'm happy for Mel Tucker. I am extremely happy for Mel Tucker. Um, but I'll say this. Flint, Michigan still got shitty water, but they're going to pay him $90 million. You know, like, well, right. yeah, and it's not, that's not Mel Tucker's fault. Mel Tucker shouldn't say no. <laughs> you know, like, because, because the city of the state hasn't taken care of things and because the state has been corrupt for over, you know, for, for however, however long. I can't blame Mel Tucker. It just says what, you know, what's going on in our society. And it tells people like your brother who put a terrible freaking schedule together and ruined his first season of what he can do on the biggest <laughs> nights ever that keep working, buddy, you work hard enough and you win enough games. You could be the highest paid guy in Manchester. I that can't wait to lot. tweet that he's on the hot seat and I'll oh, do it. So. Don't do it. Cause there'll be some idiot that completely like thinks you're serious. Well, we, you know, there's a lot of idiots. Um, you know, back here on the, the football team, professional football team front. Um, it was clearly not a good week. Um, you know, I, I, I <clears throat> thought that the Patriots might win. I don't think anybody saw that coming. They, the Browns kind of went face first in every possible way. Um, there are a lot. You've, you've, like, you've been, you've been to that place before. You're not. Yeah, I've, I, I have, I have. You're not that um, us. You know, I know what you're vibe, saying. The vibe is weird. You, know, you, you go in there, if you, it's, this is, I would hear, I remember what you're saying. Here's the thing to learn kids. You walk into the wrong jungle unprepared and full of yourself, you will get your ass kicked. Yes. It's that simple. They went into a place that don't play around, that don't give a shit about your commercials, that don't care about who's, who, who feels they're more important. Who, that, that's just how it works there. And that was a reality check 101. That's what the real NFL is like, Browns. Yeah, and – they are extremely lucky. They get to play the Detroit Lions this week. <laughs> and yes. at the same time, the Steelers tied the Lions and the Ravens had already lost for the week. I mean, they're a game and a half out of the division, yeah. right? I so mean, next at week's this the point. Super Bowl. Um, what a football weekend. Like Thanksgiving, Ohio State, Michigan, and then Browns Ravens on Sunday night. Pretty good. Oh, it's beautiful. Pace yourselves, people. Pace yourselves. Um, I, I just. I understand why they're doing it, Dre, but if Baker's this hurt and you have Case Keenum. Lionel right? finally had a good tweet. He finally had a tweet that made sense that, that – why are you paying Case Keenum like this and doing this? Yeah. 
I mean, he's on the injury list with three injuries. He came out to do this interview on Wednesday. It's maybe a 50-yard walk from the oh. facility to the interview center, and he's limping. Yeah, He's playing with a broken shoulder and an injured right knee and a sore left foot. Oh, but he, but he – see, some of this is – I'm sick of the whole st- story. All right, he did that with you guys, but there's pictures all over the internet of him out that night with Jack Harlow at a Jack Harlow concert. Well, I don't know who that is, but um, yeah, you do. He does a Sports Center song, Sports Center Top Ten. You go to enough games, you've heard the song. He's a white rapper from Kentucky. He's actually not that bad. My point, like, it's just, it's not a good look. It's not a good look to play limp out in front of you guys, and then, I, then, then that same night. And I'm not, I'm not engaged as much as I usually am. Obviously, my my life has been a whirlwind the last two weeks. And I'm not saying because you're, I'm not saying, and, and we, how many times have we had these discussions? And there'll be 15 assholes that are going to tweet me that I already probably get blocked. Oh, he can't have a normal life. He can't, he can't go out to a concert. Yeah, not when the NFL's changing COVID rules as fast as they possibly can right now. And when he's limping around and barely can walk and he's telling everybody left and right how hurt he is and doing the fake limp in front of everybody, kind of gives off some Johnny feels. Not good. Not leaderish. That's all. Not the guy you want to run. Not the guy that you want to run out and, and really protect in New England or in Detroit or or in Baltimore on Sunday night. When you consider what's important and not important to him, just yeah, so. um, that is certainly one way to look at it. Perception matters. Right? Thank you. That's what you tell me all the time. That's what I say all the time. You, you tell me perception matters all the time, and the perception I got from you as I was in Brooklyn is you're like, man, he looks beat up. He's limping. And the next time I get on my phone and I'm not even looking for it, I'm le- I'm on a plane getting ready to come home and I see Baker Mayfield hanging out with Jack Harlow behind back behind the scenes with no mask on. All right, sweet. That's where we're at now. Yeah. So anyway, um, I I just don't understand. Like, yeah, he's either not hurt, but he is hurt. So like, well, I. It just it just leaves it open, and and I guess of the many issues right now, um, there's clearly clearly not people on the same page. That's Miles and Joe Woods, right? That's Baker and his receivers for one, which is kind of important. Um, who? Who? <laughs> yeah, they might who? as well be Oklahoma back in the day and just run the wishbone. Jesus Christ! Like sure. all, these receivers. <laughs> Right. And people were getting and people were getting mad earlier this week when questions were asked to uh, Landry, like, "What is wrong with you people? Like, like, like what? Are you, like, he answered the questions. I didn't think anything was wrong." And I and I continue to go back to there was I was I was in that interview. He was not asked one thing that was inappropriate. No, no not at all. And he didn't react like anything was. Asked no, he did not give one answer that was even a little bit out. He he. He, that was the playbook on how you do that interview, as a matter right. of fact. But, so, but this is the problem we have in the city. Like, and here, and I'll go back to this, and I continue saying this over and over and over. OBJ is a douche. We knew he was a douche from, from day one, but he was your douchebag, just like the quarterback, right? Um, if we're all sitting around for the last 10 weeks, for the last two years going, man, what is, why can't these guys connect? Man, it's frustrating to have this type of talent. You don't think these guys as human beings don't have the same feelings? If they're not frustrated, I'm more worried about who they are as a team and as players. It is frustrating. As a Browns fan, before you come at me or before you say something, and before you try to fire Joe Woods, okay, fire him. But if you're going to fire Joe Woods, put the same energy on this offense because both of them are bad. 
I, I, I love hearing the arguments on the air about this guy. They are a bad team with a chance to still make the playoffs, but it ain't going to make the playoffs if they continue the nature of what they've done the first two and a half, three months of this season because they've shot themselves in their foot, they've embarrassed themselves, and, they, and they've just read their headlines, and they all go out to dinner on the stupid commercials their quarterback makes. They're embarrassing. And when you idiots try to fight about Joe Woods' defense and, and try to pick what numbers you like or don't like, okay, fine. He sucks. The offense is worse. The offense is worse than the defense. Well, when you can't complete a pass, you can't win a game in the fucking Pac-7, let alone the NFL. Right, and I've been to Pac-7 games this season. I, I, like, I, like, like, that's what I don't get. Like, I get wanting to back up your quarterback. I get your, your love for your team. But be honest. Some of y'all got four teeth, two in your pocket, and you're trying to smile at everybody and tell them that you're the sunshine. Like, like, like no, you, they, are, they, are, they have issues on each side. They got, what, 10 touchdown passes? All, how many games they played? 11? 10, yeah, yeah, 11 games. A lot no, of they played 10 games, 10 games. And, yeah. and, stop, and maybe I'm just frustrated and tired and old and cranky, and I'm all of those. And stop every time Ohio State, the wide receiver makes a catch, y'all putting him on the Browns. Quit doing it at them kids. Them kids actually getting passes their own way. Don't ruin their, don't ruin their Thanksgiving weekend telling them they're coming out to Cleveland to go block and, and run patterns and get open and, and not get the ball thrown their way. The offense has – and we can, we can go in a teeter-totter and go back and forth. Is the defense embarrassing and soft at times? Yes. The offense, in my opinion, is more suspect. It's an NFL offense that can't pass, people. I don't know if that's the coach's fault. I don't know if it's the quarterback's fault. But they all sit in there. And Miles Garrett, here's the one thing I'll say. We're all searching right now for an answer because the expectations were so out of sorts. So when you get to the postgame at 430 and you've been pissed off like to no avail and the beer don't taste good no more, the chicken don't taste no good no more, your wife smells like crap suddenly and you realize that she's probably been online trying to hook up with some other dude the whole time you've been trying to play with Baker Mayfield. We hear these post-game interviews, and instantly everybody wants to, you know, you know, they want to, you know, it's like the firing squad. Take your emotion out of it. And here's the issue, in my opinion, with the Browns organization, the lack of leadership. I love Miles Garrett. He has a chance. And, and here's what, you know who else loves Miles Garrett? Miles Garrett? Well, and I don't <laughs> see it, but I don't blame guys for that. You love yourself. We all love ourselves. I, it just is magnified when you got millions of dollars. So I don't care about that part. Bill Belichick loved it. But like, Miles, if you're going to go out there and you want to, and, and I like Miles, and he don't live that far away from me, and I got to be careful. I don't want to be in his graveyard. Um, <laughs> um, they use his aggression, him and Clowney's aggression against him. I haven't heard one analyst or one person that, that talks about football and acknowledge this. How many damn times did you see a reverse run last week, Zach? By wide like every, well, it felt like every time, but it was more like right? six. Yeah. Right? But, but that's way too many when you've, got, when you've got two number one picks playing at the defensive end position. At what point, Miles Garrett, and I'm going to the top of the food chain because so, like, I think Miles is fantastic. But at some point in time, if he wants to be considered what he wants to be considered and what he should be considered, damn it, you can't let the same play keep beating you. They're using their aggression against them. Okay, you want to get upfield? You want to hit our quarterback? Okay, fine. We're going to keep running screens and we're going to keep running reverses because nobody's setting the edge. And you guys know how I like to say setting the edge. At what point does that, get, does that come back to the guy in the mirror? Like, if you want to go say crap after the game, if you want to talk about the scheme, you want to talk about all that other shit, you're playing. 
If you see they keep running reverses, what does that tell you about yourself? Self-diagnose yourself. At some point in time, you're gonna say, you know what? I gotta quit going completely upfield and I gotta hold my ground and I gotta I I, I have to I, I gotta take my time and realize they they are reading something that I am doing. Same for clowning. Zach, to me, that is that a is that an emphasis on coaching? Sure, but it's also an emphasis on the awareness of the players that are on the field. They weren't aware. That was embarrassing. They got fifth string Rutgers wide receivers running reverses around them, and, and, and like it's like like it's Rutgers like spring game. That was embarrassing. And no offense to Rutgers, y'all just suck. Yes, the, listen, that's the book, right? You. You you know they're going to rush wide and they're going to rush a passer, so you run it right at them. Yep. You screen yep. and then you use simple misdirection plays, right? right? End arounds, reverses, quick counter passes, and you're getting gashed by the same thing all the time. It, then that's embarrassing. And at some point, and I and I've said this to you, at some point, the you know, and I, the lack of leadership of this organization is showing up. It's Freddie's Freddie has left the building. But a lot of characteristics that got Freddie in trouble are still happening with the Cleveland Browns. Now, I don't know if that's because of the continuance of changing the guards, of, of changing opinions, of changing everything else. But Brownstown still rings true. Because of this, nobody taught – and I said this to somebody earlier in the year. When your best players are two young kids that were first-round picks that came to a bad organization who utter out the words, I came here and helped change the, change the culture. But who taught them what culture is? Like when you learn culture in Pittsburgh, Baltimore, New England, help Minnesota, Green Bay, you've learned it from guys that went through the ringer. The guys that are trying to teach culture in Cleveland ain't been through crap. They're not real winners. Like I saw, it, like they're 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 not real NFL winners yet. They have one good season, and when things get when things get tricky and things get tough, like they do in every football season, these guys show up in, in Batman costumes in the post game. These guys show at Jack Harlow concerts with the other 15-year-old girls. That's not leadership of an organization. No. The top dogs in your, in your chain, they have to act like the biggest adults. And they don't. I mean, we can talk about the 53rd guy on the roster. We can talk about the 25th guy on the roster. Let's be honest, Zach. This team follows the lead of the two big dogs. And the two big dogs, one of them has got paid the biggest big dog money in the world, and the other one's been crying and, and, and moping around all year long because he's not going to get it. Yeah, no, th this team is maddeningly inconsistent, right? They don't win on the money downs. Um, they have the best first drive offense mm -hmm. in the league. Mm -hmm. They have the worst fourth quarter offense. In the league. Oh, the stats you put up about the fourth quarter stuff, is, is that's embarrassing. Like, if, since that Chargers game, when that wild fourth, like 41-point fourth quarter, the Browns have seven fourth quarter points. Seven fourth quarter points. Seven fourth quarter points. Good load. That's yeah. embarrassing. And that goes back to the coaching. And, you know, I mean, Kevin Stefanski, welcome, welcome, to, the, <laughs> welcome to the real world, big dog. <laughs> welcome to the big – your looks can't get you out of everything, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proof of that. Ah, um, yeah. <laughs> no, it listen, it's bad and and they're alive, but they are alive. You're right. But they you know going all the way back to then, right? Mid-October is when the good teams start getting good. The Patriots started like 1 and 3, 2 and 4, mm -hmm. right? 
They're now arguably the hottest team in football. And, and, and um, the Titans, you know, this is not about perfection. The Titans lost to the Jets. And injuries have hurt the Browns because we've seen for once and for all how important Hunt and Chubb are to this team. No doubt. Right. But it is November 15th, Drake. The Titans have already played 82 players. Oof. They Jeez. lost Derrick Henry a couple weeks ago, and they haven't lost since. Derrick Henry, arguably this, their most important player. No doubt. No doubt. Right? The Browns lose one of their guys, and, they, and it looks like they've, they've yes. lost. So, yeah. so yes, it, it, is, it is valid to say that, and the numbers back it up, that when the Browns have their dudes, they're a much better team. But man, well, this, who is this league don't wait for anybody. <laughs> but who is it, though? You, go ahead. You know well, right. No, this, this league does not wait for anybody. It, it, no. it does not. It does not. And, you know, no one's infallible. We said that. I, I still think they they are trying. They're in the midst of – and it is trying. While you're trying, you know, building a long-term winner, building something sustainable and getting guys you believe in. Because when you want to be smart, tough, accountable, right, like it takes a couple of years to figure that out. I mean, they've got some guys on this team that just flat out aren't those things. Right, right. right. Um, but – you know, along the way, you you have to win third downs. You have to win yeah, fourth quarters. You do. You do. And guys have to respond in the circumstances. And they've just in every big situation they've they've melted. But they're still in it. And the one thing I'll say, and we can leave them alone after this. Um, this is a goofy NFL season, and the season's so goofy that New England and somebody like Bill Belichick is falling right into his hands. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like this is the type of season that falls into his hands because of the goofiness, because there's no, I mean, the Steelers stink. And and if Baltimore and Cleveland keep shoot, shooting themselves in the foot, Pittsburgh's going to win this division. Like, they, yeah, like now Pittsburgh's so, going to play without Minka TJ and Joe Hayden against the chargers on Sunday night. And they should get blown out, but should. the chargers, but the chargers don't show up every week and play like the chargers should play every week. Yeah, this is a weird year in the NFL. And I'm just going off of what I've seen. I mean, the Steelers had no business tying the Lions. The Lions, the Lions, the Lions should have beat Baltimore. So think of this before all you guys start your parties on Saturday or, or Sunday morning. The Browns should win by 25. But before we put our money into that, before we believe in that, there was no business with the Ravens beating Detroit. They had a bad clock management, and, and the kicker had to kick one out of his out of his ass like he usually does for them to win. The Steelers fumbled, bumbled, stumbled, rumbled all over the place, and DeAndre Swift is still running up and down their, on their offense, on their defense right now. They ran for over 200 yards. You run for over 200 yards, you can win in Manchester, you can win at St. V, you can win at, at, at whatever school Eddie George is coaching right now, Jackson State, Georgia Tech. You run for over 200 yards, you're going to win, unless you got the guy that eats kneecaps as your head coach. And if you lose to Dan Campbell, pretty boy, Ooh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't look at my phone next week, Stefanski. If you lose this guy, no. Um, th- this this thing still has potential to get really ugly. It does. Um, but as you said, it's got to. They they come out and play the way they're supposed to play. Yeah. Look, look. I, I didn't know anything about the concert or John Harlow or whoever he is. Jack. Right. <laughs> um, I did. I did kind of want to make this point. Okay. And shame on you for taking too much of the Twitter temperature, but I understand. <laughs> I mean, what other temperature are going to take? I'm people, I'm, you know, I'm, people have, I, opinion. I, I just, I just, know, we just know from experience that we start wading into what people say or little, you know, we don't win. We don't win. No one does. Right. right. And that, that goes for the Browns too. Um, right. You know, we have said, we worry about this team's maturity and focus. And even though this has been a constantly changing 
organization, and that is a large part of the problem. You know, if this thing flops, that will be two of three years the Browns had hype and completely flopped, and yeah. that label will will follow them, right? For sure. It, it will. But in general, I want to say this, uh, it, it, since we chose to wade in here. Um, Halloween costumes after the game and openly blaming officials and just not showing up week to week, those are signs of immaturity and, you know, it's it, it lingers and having one game, ha- having one bad game or one, you know, game where you have pre snap penalties or get beat on the same play like that, that happens when it's repeated. It's an issue. Um, that being said, like to think that the Browns had a Halloween party on a Monday night and the players day off. And that was an issue. No, no, that, that like, that's not every, issue. every team, every team, does every that. team does now yeah. in COVID and all that, that's a, Totally different discussion that we wouldn't go to even if we had time for it. I'm just saying we've said all along going back to the Johnny thing. Johnny was not the only guy who went to the bar. The other ones got their ass up at 6 a.m. and went to the weight room. Bingo. Exactly. Johnny was not the only guy who had commercials and who had other priorities. He just took it to the extreme. Right? Like you make the decisions and you're always going to ride the wave in this season. And, and as coaches and as players, you're going to have to adjust three times because the teams have 25 coaches on their staff and access to every advanced stat and every piece of tape on everything. Yes. I guarantee, wouldn't admit it today. I guarantee they had someone in that building watching this Tim Boyle's college tape today. No doubt. Absolutely. Not, not today, but Tuesday. Right? Oh, they've you know, been watching Tim Boyle stuff for the last week and a half. No doubt. No doubt. Right. So you're, you're going to have to do that. But like I said, there's just things that stink and reality is when contracts are involved you know that's testing that's human nature and that's testing guys maturity mm-hmm. and the browns rarely have been in this spot because they've never had to pay guys they've paid guys from outside and they come in right. and some of them are rotten apples and some of them were fine they just weren't that good or it didn't work out well this is the first time they've been there and so you add the hype and the spotlight and all of this and of course, there's human nature at play, right? And it's fair to say right now with six games, seven games left, they haven't handled it well. There's been all sorts of factors, but, you know, I just don't know. I would just say thank God for them. They're playing the Lions because I just don't know what to expect. And once we get to December, I have no idea which way this thing's going to go because it feels like it could go either way and it feels like it could go really bad in one direction schedule maker no, schedule makers didn't do them any law what's coming up after this game this weekend is really this is what happens over the the three weeks is going to tell us the truth about the team because baltimore has been inconsistent and hasn't met all matches yet either but playing them back-to-back weeks with a bye thrown in it's going to tell you because there's going to be like it's there's already no secrets in the nfl but baltimore will expose any and everything that they possibly can. And I know I'm getting ahead of myself. And the maturity is an issue. And I hope we look back at this and we, and, and the idiots of Twitter can come together and, and replay this podcast and say how stupid we are, how wrong we were. But anybody that would be willing to put their house on the line about the Browns making the playoffs, I think you're an idiot because no one knows. They have shown no consistency in what a winner looks like. That doesn't mean they can't figure it out, but – if I had to put a if I had to put a lot of money on it, I couldn't I couldn't bet towards they're going to figure it out right now, because they're inconsistent, because they haven't had a lot of the answers, because they haven't shown up when you expect them to show up, and that's frustrating because you know I'll take it to the other side. 
if you're Jimmy Haslam, you've put all your money and you've put all the time into this team and you, your expectations get to a certain point, you got to start scratching your head and saying, okay, why is it when we have high expectations for this organization and this team, this team goes backwards and the fingers are pointed? You know, why do we hold on to a receiver that didn't want to be here for for, – for, because I'll go back to that, and I, and I hate bringing this up because he's gone. And I said this when it happened, and I'm not smarter than anybody else. As everybody kept bitching about OBJ and his dad and everything else, that was really a mirror on the organization. And when you have a season that's this important, and you have a season that you, that you consider this is one of the biggest seasons since the team returned back in 99 – the smart organizations get rid of any and every small problem and issue before they become a before they become a bigger issue, right? You see a crack in the foundation at the beginning. You don't say going away like if you have a crack in your foundation in your house or wherever else, and you know the winter's coming. You just don't look the other way and say, "Oh, I hope it gets better." You fix that crack or you get rid of that crack because you don't want that crack to expound and make and, and bring your house down. And I'm not saying the Odell situation is bringing the house down, but the Odell situation shined a big light into how this t- organization is dealing with stuff, Zach. You don't force you, – you can't force him in there. And then not – I mean, look at just – I just think the Odell situation is a microcosm of a lot of issues that are going on in Berea still. I'll leave it at that. Well, yeah, um, there's one way to make people stop thinking that you have issues, and that's to win, and that's to be unified, right? <laughs> best, de- best deodorant in the business. It's the you best deodorant, but, but it's also the proof is in the pudding. I mean, you know, 17 games is a great equalizer. These are yeah, long no seasons, buddy. It is. Um, <laughs> when I started doing this Cavaliers job, I, had, I saw somebody tweet it, and I can't remember who, but somebody was pissed, and they said, well, that means they won't talk about the fucking Cavs now. And that was a pretty good. Uh, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good tweet. I was going to take it personal, but I understood where they were coming from. <laughs> the Guardians are now the team of the the baseball team locally. You can bring it up at Thanksgiving and piss off your uncle. That'll be fun. Um, I don't really care. There he's still here in town, and I'm still going to get to do baseball games, and my kids are going to still go to games. Somehow, my daughter, who doesn't realize that we are the that doesn't realize that Muggsy Bogues is probably. Uh, more of a relative than uh, ours than Manute Bowl. Um, <laughs> loves basketball, loves it. Like her, we're she's from, we're trying to figure out what game we're going to tomorrow. She's all about all about the Cavs. You want to guess who her favorite Cavs player is? Taco. Nah, I thought it was going to be too. She is a big Darius Garland fan, and which that means I've done something right. She's figured out <laughs> the good the good players. Steve Kerr was great uh, about who Darius Garland is, and sometimes, and you know this. Sometimes, rather than just going off of what we see, it is better to kind of see and somebody like Steve Kerr and to hear Steve Kerr talk about Darius Garland has become, and he was one of the coaches with the USA team in the offseason. He thinks this kid is a legitimate star. And I got to say, I've only been around him close for like the last two, two and a half weeks. Uh, he's got a chance to be a, 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 a big-time star, as long with Evan Marshall. Now, Evan Marshall, oh, my God. I'm mixing up my baseball teams and my baseball players and basketball <laughs> players. I literally was asleep right before this started. Um, I just love what Darius Garland brings to the table. I can't believe that the schedule that they put they have out there. Uh, they should be healthy by the next time we see them play. Uh, but I got to tell you, doing base basketball games in comparison to baseball and now the NFL, and I knew this, and what I'm going to say is not going to surprise you, but it's different when you're trying to do be a broadcaster. The pace of the game, Zach, is so different. Like baseball, when you sit up close to an NBA game, there's just nothing oh. like it. 
No, there's not. Oh, if you could, the stuff Draymond Green yesterday, and I know we all hate him. And I, there's, I'll tell you certain things. Oh, I got a story I got to tell you that we, we, I can never put on this. You like, we have to talk on the phone as soon as we get done with this. I know you got to, got to, there's a story I got to tell you. Um, Draymond Green, though, he, it, it this is, it kind of plays into the Browns. Last night, the Golden State Warriors, in their mind, there was no way in the hell they were going to lose to the Cleveland Cavaliers with the guys that they had, right? And the Cavs come out and get, an attempt, get a 10-point lead. It's 10 nothing. Crowd gets into the game. The emotions of the game takes over. And I got to tell you, they held on and they scrapped for they scrapped for most of the game. They literally almost stole one. But in the fourth quarter, the Cavs are up 13. And as you said, when you're sitting up close and you see what's really going on, and and JB Bickerstaff, who I who I, I'm ten, who's been fun to follow and cover, he told his guys, "You have to match their championship intensity right now because they're getting ready to come with a flurry you've never seen before." And oh boy, they did. The Cavs were up 13, and then you blinked your eye, and in two and a half minutes, it was a tie game. <laughs> and then it's so I, I watched much of it, but probably mid third to mid fourth, I was doing something else, and I knew the Cavs were up like double digits to start the fourth, mm-hmm. and. I didn't see how it happened, but I was not surprised. Oh, <laughs> um, because Draymond that's just, just who the Warriors are. Yeah, but Draymond just turned. You know it, and you know this. He turned a different element of the game on. He got more. I physical. don't hate Draymond. In fact, I think it was Dragonfly Jump with the all-time tweet. Yeah, yeah. Imagine losing the title, or imagine costing your team the title because you couldn't stop grabbing dicks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing, but you guys can Twitter search it somewhere. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there's some guys that are listening. There's some guys that listen to this podcast. They had the same problem with their wives or girlfriend. Um, <laughs> he's tremendous, though. I know people want to hate him, and I get why. But he's the big. He's the best antagonist ever. He changed yeah. that game. Now Steph went. Steph went. 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 Bozo. He went crazy. All right, so he I'm is over, a, I'm, like I, I. Yeah, he's in. He's he's one of one. Right, he is so special, dude. The shots he was making last night. There and there were guys up on him. There were like there. It was. It was. It's on. It's. To be there in person, ten, 10 feet away from the shots he's making, like it's a video game. But I, I, got, I just got to keep saying they had a glue guy, and I got to tell you, there are a lot of Browns players sitting right up there close. Um, <laughs> I could, I we could do a whole show on just the Browns players wanting to be known at the Cavs game, and nobody knows who they are. Probably because we all got masks on, but probably not. <laughs> well, listen, I'm I'm six minutes over, so we got to get out of here. Um, I thought from what I saw, which was almost three, four full quarters, I thought Darius Garland was awesome. And I don't care how the game ended. It was, yeah. Right. He was. He's going he's gonna to be He's gonna be phenomenal. And when they get back healthy, um, I think they're a playoff team because I, I, I like what J.B. Bickerstaff is doing, but they're getting some reality checks, man. They, with the Nets in Brooklyn the other night, same thing. It was like cut off all the other guys and freaking Aldridge, who didn't play for a year, goes off and, 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 um, and the Patty Mills goes off. They're getting some lessons in the depth of the NBA, and then you play Golden State last night. They've got the Nets again on Monday. Then they got the Suns the night before uh, Thanksgiving. Sorry, Brody, I got to go to that game. Uh, but if they get through that period of time, and they should be about as healthy as they're going to get um, going into Monday's game, this is a fun team to watch. I hope people in Cleveland are getting behind it because it's nothing like the LeBron James era. Uh, but I think this is a fun era. It, it's no, very I, I reminiscent. think it's finally they've shown enough promise to where it can be fun. Right, and well, it I was gonna say most probably aren't old enough to know this, but even being around Brad Doherty, which is for me the highlight, one of the highlights of my career, is being able to sit around and bullshit with Brad Doherty. 
they remind you, and he's even kind of said this, they remind you a little bit of that era of a bunch of good guys that are talented that really play well with each other. If that's the type of run we're getting ready to have, was it a championship? No, but it was one of the best phases we've had of, of basketball in this town ever. Um, so I'll take it if that's what we're about to yep. get. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, we will do one early next week. I know it's – I have no idea what the we schedule is. I don't care. Like um, I said, Monday, we've got – Monday, we're at home. Tuesday, we're, we're, we don't We don't go anywhere. We don't go on the road again for like a right, week and a half, so I, I'll be good. fine. All right, thank um, you for, I will for text, listening. I will text – I'll text you my picks. Uh, we'll get them to Hunkora. Hunkora, will, you can follow him on Twitter. He will put our picks out this week since we weren't able to get to them. Uh, but at, just looking real quick. I see the Colts and the Bills. That could be one of the best games of the week, and the Buffalo Bills are a seven-point favorite, and the Colts have been hot. Can't wait to see what these picks are. I'm just I'm giving them a tease of what I may be going to. Packers and and Browns-Lions, neither team's going to want to be there. And take your ass to American Fireworks. They've been good to us. They'll be good to you. Talk to you guys soon. Bang, bang.